It's getting a very tense time in the AFL Championship and this week we focus on those managers which are under pressure. We're going to talk to our Stoke fan about the pressure that Alex Neal is under and preview their game against Sheffield Wednesday. We're going to talk to our Preston fan and just what is going on with Ryan Lowe. And we're also going to talk to our Birmingham fan and what is happening at Birmingham with Wayne Rooney. We're also going to look ahead to two fantastic games this weekend as Blackburn face Leeds and Watford take on informed Southampton. This is the Terriots Talk and you are very welcome. Terrace Talk. Alright, welcome back to the Stoke View. We're talking all things travelling to Plymouth and seeing a last minute winner as a seconder for your team. We're going to talk about substitutions. We're going to talk about Alex Neal, of course we are. And we're going to talk about uh, Lewis Baker as well. We're going to do all that with our fantastic Stokey. How are you, Liam? I am absolutely over the moon, Mark. <laughs> I tell you what, there's, there's, there's probably no worse ground to go to than, than Plymouth away to see a last-minute because he's the last minute winner, is it? Um, are you okay? Are we okay to talk? We're okay to talk. I've got to try and maintain a bit of normality and not face off onto a rant. Okay. She's bubbling with every single Stoke fan there is at the minute, but it's yeah. not good at the minute. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it, how football turns? Because it's only probably two months ago we put a video out that I think we can still see it on YouTube, which is entitled How Good Are Stoke? right now four games um four clean sheets five unbeaten and then was it nine conceded now and, and three straight defeats can can you put your finger on what it is is it is it personnel or were you just playing four teams that you know <laughs> just at the right time in that sequence uh yeah i think i think it's purely right time i mean if you remember rightly at, at that point on that video you said to me that we had some easier fixtures coming up and i said that's the problem for stoke <laughs> Anybody who wants to sit back and it's on the counter can do it at free will. The Leeds game, back in, you know, they missed the penalty. The only good game in that run we had was Middlesbrough away. And the five games unbeaten soon turned to five games without a win. Yeah, I mean, Blackburn, QPR, um, and now Plymouth. Um, and, and it's fair to say Stoke had their chances in that game at Plymouth, didn't they? I mean, that... that... Yeah. This wasn't a battering by any sense. This could have gone either way. It's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think we edged the first half. But like typical, like it's been under Neil for this whole time here, we have five or six chances. Can't put them away. Plymouth come the other end, put one half decent ball into the box in the back of the net. Theron Clark, super experienced defender at this level. Absolute shambles at the back. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can't believe I'm going to ask you this next question because I don't think, you know, six weeks ago I'll be asking it. But on QPR beating Preston and Sheffield Wednesday, then obviously beating Blackburn, and you coming out of that ground and obviously knowing both those results, are you stoked looking over their shoulder at a potential relegation dogfight? I think we've been looking over a shoulder pretty consistently for the past few years. There's always been a thing that the three teams are worse than us in the seat in the league, but we're getting to a point now that once again we've spent the most behind Leicester. I think we've spent the most money again this season, mm. and we're once again looking over a shoulder. 
I remember all those Stoke posts on, on social media in August. Look at all our new signings. Mm-hmm. We're, this is going to be the season. We're going to be in the playoffs. I mean, you had that fantastic light show, which we joked about. You then beat Leeds. Yes, OK, Bamford's penalty didn't go in. But you were on. You know, everything was on the up. And, and now you face Sheffield Wednesday in a in what's a must-win game. For, well, certainly for your manager, anyway. So he's he's done this a few times now, Neil. A couple of times, you remember that really good month to five weeks we had last season, where he batted a load of teams, papered over the cracks. Then we barely won a game after that. Feel like he's done it again this season. He's had his three wins. It's just back again. I mean, let's be honest, we're quite torn. A lot of Stoke fans are quite torn with it because could a different manager do a better job? Without a doubt. Do we trust the board to get a manager in who will do the job? No because it's consistently poor manager appointments. It's hard to justify with finishing bottom half of the championship every season that we are quite a big club and promotion is the aim. And we've bought in four managers now who just aren't up to the job. Yeah. And is it is in-game management that's really baffling the fans? Because, again, yeah. you know, the, playing for a draw against Plymouth and then the tactic of long ball without target man, and I think he substituted the the only kind of player which was showing any kind of attacking promise on on Saturday. Is it those kind of decisions rather than the results which are now completely alienating the fans against? Yeah, well, I don't so, want I don't want to go on too long about it and take up all your show. But <laughs> if you look at the Blackburn game; they could have scored two before they went one 0 up, and they went one 0 up after three minutes, and then. They, they took a forward off and put a defender on when he was injured and went pretty much six at the back, which I'm all for. Growing up watching Tony Pulis, put six at the back, make and break us down. And we had the tactic, if we had Ben Pearson holding onto the ball and trying to draw him out, why are they going to come out and put and pressure when they're 1-0 up and don't need to? QPR, Bay Jun Ho, who's probably been the only bright spark, and Tyrese Campbell were our key players. We went down to 10 men. He subbed them both off at the same time and put two more forwards on. Why wouldn't you put a defender on when you're down to 10 men and 2-1 off? You'd go five at the back, surely. And then Plymouth, he carries on talking about this front foot football that we're going to have. There's only one team in the second half who wanted to win the game. Yeah. It was Plymouth. You can see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and and, and for the fans that have travelled, um, what, what, 10 hours, isn't it? 12-hour round trip. Um that's just not good enough. Um, and is it true that some players walked straight off the pitch, the manager as well, didn't even go over to the fans? I don't know how true that was. but Yeah, so uh, I didn't see myself um, while I was there, but Alex Neal apparently just walked straight down the tunnel, didn't acknowledge the fans. Uh, Josh Laurent, who's team captain, has been taken off him while he's been injured, but apparently he got into an argument on the pitch with fans and then there was uh, rumours and some videos of fans falling out with the players at the train station after which is just yeah it's unacceptable really i mean you can voice your opinions at the stadium that's fine you pay your money but then taking it away from the ground in it that's nobody wants to see that no no not at all um, on a positive lewis baker off the bench how, how good was it to see that yeah nice team um i give him a bit of stick at the end of last season because he wasn't performing and then felt kind of bad because he come out that he was playing with a knee injury and had to have an operation um but like you say you, you you won one away at Plymouth. Coming out of there with a point is not the worst result. No. Louis Baker's barely trained. So why are you putting somebody who's had no tactical influence with the team whatsoever and putting him in centre midfield? I don't get it. He's, he's running out of time, to be honest. Yeah, it's... Um, 
it's it's a matter of um, when now, not if, isn't it? Well, if we beat Sheffield Wednesday, he's going to have a thing of, well, you should be beating Sheffield Wednesday. No, no results are given, but that's what the fans will say. If he wins, he should be. If he loses, but if Sheffield Wednesday go one 0 up, it's really going to turn oh. awful yeah. down there. Yeah, those those winds whipping around the uh, the bet three six five are going to turn toxic, aren't they? Um, yeah. We'll get some predictions. Just a quick word on on your draw, uh, FA Cup draw against Brighton, a, a game you look look forward to, or was that the worst possible yeah. draw? <laughs> uh, we had him, we had him last year in the I think it was the fourth round. They beat us one 0 and we played quite well, but they were never out of first gear. Yeah, I remember watching Caicedo. It was the first time I'd ever seen him before he moved to Chelsea. And he just toyed with our entire front line. <laughs> so, no, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about football. I hate everything more. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you should go back and watch those videos of a month ago. See how happy you yeah. are. Yeah. Right, let's, let's bring in Andrew and his bear uh, to uh, to yeah. uh, get some predictions on this one. Yeah. Second. All right, it's a big game for Stoke then, this one. Uh, Stoke against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Liam, what's your score prediction, given everything you've watched over the last, last two weeks? I'm, I'm going to go one nil Stoke, and I don't know why. I feel he needs the result, but honestly, Mark, I don't know. I'm going to go one nil Stoke and just leave it at that. All right, mate. Uh, roll ball is hitting the bet three six five. Um, Andrew, what are you going with? The score, um, yeah, he's a very brave man there. Go for a Stoke win, considering they haven't won for six matches, and we are playing them at the right time. Trust me, this is it. As I told you before, the Leicester game and before Blackburn, we are on our way. If you watch that first half against Leicester, you'd think we were the top of the league and they were bottom of the league. If you watch it, trust me, that's how well we were playing. We could have been three up in the first ten minutes. You're in for a big surprise, Stoke City, on Saturday, and I'm going for a 2-0 win for Wednesday. Right, nice one. All right, we'll catch you both next week. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Okay, this is the Wednesday view, and by goodness, what a week it's been for the Owls. Four points from six, playing the potential champions off the park. Windass exactly. scoring. Should have been six points. <laughs> <laughs> been six points. All right. I told you, you have little faith. You have little faith. You wrote this <laughs> up against Blackburn. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to chat all things uh, all things Blackburn result. We're going to talk about Will Vokes as well, and we're going to talk about roll ball. Uh, good evening, Andrew. How are you? I'm a lot, you're a lot happier anyway. A bit bunged up. But I'm getting through. I didn't go to teach school today because there's a bit of a sort of bug that's going around, and um, I, I caught it sadly. But uh, I was able to speak on Saturday night on BBC Radio 5 Live 606, and I put Chris Sutton and... Um, uh, Robbie Savage to the sword, and I made put him on the spot. And uh, Robbie Savage wasn't certain that Wednesday would go down, but Chris Sutton was. He wrote us off, and I said, "You're in for a big surprise." So I, <laughs> I hope you're back on there later on at the end of the season. Okay. Sort him out. All right, let's 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 go back and talk about the Leicester game first yeah. of all. Then, um, though he deserved point in the end. Well, yeah, it was just frustrating that we had, do it, we had to do it the way we did it because at the end of the day, the first half, we were absolutely all over them and really we could have been 3 nil up in the first 15 minutes. Now, Barry Bannon, how he rolled that one past the post in the first couple of minutes of the game, it was easier to score than miss. Very frustrating. Um, and, you know, we had other chances. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating that we were playing better than them and they, and they end up scoring the goal to go into the lead and we're chasing our tails again. And we were worried that, you know, another one of those games where we're the better team, but we lose the match. That's happened a few times this season. I said, I think I said we've lost eight games by just one goal. 
and we've not been the, the, the inferior team in those matches. And it looked like it was going to be the same again. And luckily, Hendrik stepped up off the bench and uh, got that late equaliser to give us some hope. That, that was yeah. crucial. And of course, Blackburn on Saturday, well, superb. Absolutely put it together. And I'm glad that Windass finally scored. They got, they got that great goal. And I wasn't so over glad because I actually predicted a 2 1 scoreline, ended up being 3 1. Three matches this weekend, uh, Mark. Uh, I, lo I lost out on correct scores with goals in the 95th and 97th minutes in matches. I was really frustrated. Otherwise, I'd have five correct scores. <laughs> you, you, you're, doing, you're doing really well. Um, the fans have been crying out for Kadamatri to start as well. Talk, yeah. talk to me about, talk to me about um, obviously, as an Everton fan, the, word, the name Kadamatri, you know, yeah. always have high levels of respect. Um, this end, but um, talk to us about him as a player for you guys. Well, he's 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 making. You know, he's obviously been blooded in there now because the, the goals haven't been going in, so we might as well give him a, a go. And obviously, we haven't got Smith. Smith's still been injured, and we're missing him. And said he scored those two goals against Rotherham, and we haven't seen him. <laughs> so, so we're missing him. But luckily, he stepped up to the mark against Blackburn. That early goal was a cracker from him. Um, he didn't really look like scoring again after that. And he was taken off eventually, but um, you know, he's. It, it, it's a starting point, and um, you can't do much more than just score at least. Um, so he's got a good future, and hopefully, obviously, we're going to keep hold of him. We don't, okay. definitely don't want to let him go, that's for sure. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about one of the what a, a player that I think is is very underrated as as, as a footballer, and that's that's Will Vokes. Um, yeah. His performances for Sheffield Wednesday have obviously have been mixed, but do you think now we're seeing seeing the best of him? Is he playing well under the, under your new manager? I think, yeah, Danny Roll is getting the best out of him. I, I think the, the midfield is beginning to sort of you know, get, come together as they did against Leicester and against Blackburn. So I'm hoping that now we're, we're going to continue. If we keep playing like this, then we've got nothing to worry about. Trust me with this. 21 points at stake in December. Obviously, three of them just gone. We've already won the three points. We've got 18.6 matches coming up. And all those matches, trust me, are all winnable. They're all winnable. Probably the hardest one of the six is probably going to be Norwich away. But um, Stoke away on Saturday is winnable. We're playing them at the right time. And we've got to cash in. Strike while the iron is hot. So, yeah, Vaux is, is doing well. Um, he, he links up nicely there. Obviously, you've got Barry Bannon still performing there. Um, so, and then Johnson, um, obviously, uh, Johnson came on and uh, Johnson was scoring the goal for us as well on Saturday, which is important. A uh, good goal that he scored for us. So, yeah, we've they're gelling well. Danny's got them playing. He's hyping them up and um, upwards and onwards. Yeah, I mean, I think he it's pointed out that he, he is, Blackburn were causing issues down that down that left hand side, wasn't it? Was it that Roll Roll kind of spotted that, didn't he? And put was it put Johnson on and then moved kind of Windus inside, so that made you more solid. Is that the sort of managerial decisions you've been missing in, in the first? Oh yeah, this season. First 14 matches. <laughs> I was making them laugh on social media. Today. I, was saying, I said, if, if uh, Ram. Um, What's his name? Sheffield United's manager does go. I hope they get Cisco in as their manager. That'd be ideal. And that way they'll they, they end up not getting any more points the rest of the season. They'll finish with just five points. But uh, no, it was absolute nonsense. I don't know how on earth we ever had him there. And when you think about it, everyone's been talking about it already. If we'd had Danny Roll as our manager from the start of the season, we'd, we'd be at least mid-table now, if not even higher. Even with the players we've got. Better results with him. Without a shadow of a doubt. Far more passion, far more confidence. And uh, yeah, the will to win. And I'm, I'm hoping it's going to continue. It needs to continue because we know we've got no choice. We've got to treat every match as a cup final now to try and catch up because the gap is still there. It's all very well us winning, but if Huddersfield and the others keep winning and that ten point gap stays, then you know it's going to be hard. But, yeah, because well, if, uh, yeah, if, yeah. if that Swansea equaliser hadn't have come, then yeah. Huddersfield, you know, and QPR and yourselves would have won that weekend. So the gap doesn't 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 change. But yeah. you are you are narrowing it. And I suppose um, footballing weekends don't come much sweeter when you come out of Hillsborough and 
find that uh, the enemy had been battered 5-0 at the world's no, worst they, Premier League team? No, it's a standing joke, five past Fodderingham, and we had after eight chocolates, they got pressed by Newcastle, eight nil. So we're looking forward to it. We want to beat Cardiff in the third round of the FA Cup. I want Sheffield United to win at Gillingham, and then we want them in the fourth round. We want them. Bring them to Hillsborough, okay. and we'll have another five past Fodderingham. <laughs> right, Andrew, cheers for joining us this week. Good luck against Stoke. Enjoy it. We'll catch Thank you next week. Thank you. All right, cheers, yeah. Andrew. Nice one. All right. All right. Okay, welcome to the uh, Preston North End view. Um, toothless, gutless, no fight are just some of the words dis- used to describe on social media Preston's latest outing. Um, Joey, glad you've joined us. Um, you are a massive Twitter hierarchy on Preston, so delighted that you've joined us this evening to, to discuss this on Terrace Talk. First of all, how are you? Have you recovered from uh, from last week's game? Yeah, just about, I think. I mean, I'm glad it was a Friday night game, so it didn't fully <laughs> ruin my whole Saturday. I could just go to bed and just, like, forget about it. But, yeah, I'm, um, I don't want to, because it's my first episode, I don't want to appear too much of a negative Nelly, but... Um, you go for it. It was it was dire. It was it was absolutely dire. Um, I mean, the pitch didn't help. It was, um, it was an icy pitch. Yeah. The manager actually wanted it called up, and I sort of wish that <laughs> we sort of listened to him now, but um, I'm sure QPR fans were glad that he, they didn't listen to him. Uh, but no, it was it was, it was was poor. I think first off, we probably had controlled the game without doing actually anything with it. Um, but then second off, we just, I don't know, we just switched off. We didn't really have any composure. QPR just like cut through us way too easy and you know for a side I know they obviously won the, the week before but for a side that in the bottom three you'd expect us at least at home to create more than we did I think um, in our last three games we've had a combined total of less than 1G uh, which is, yeah, is, is pretty poor um, and you know I just think I mean you look at all the stats and I don't really you know follow the XG too much but you know we are I think the, before the game started it said but we'd you know, had the I think the twenty third amount of shots in the league, twenty second amount of highest XG, the twenty second uh, worst defense in the league, which is amazing considering our start of the season where we actually, we, I think we were dubbed by another podcast as the Great Wall of Lancashire. Well, it's definitely not that now, and uh, we're conceding way too many. We're letting way too many chances through, and we're, and we're actually the gra- goals are starting to dry up. So it's becoming a bit of a worry, and you're losing at home to a team down in the bottom three. I think really does um, cement those fears to me. Yeah, worst goal difference outside of the the, the, the bottom four, and you can't have a negative goal difference when you've, you're sitting in, in eighth or ninth. Um, but I, I can't wait up, Preston, because I watched the Blackburn game. Obviously, it was live on Sky, and I was, you know, it could have gone either way. But you know, credit to Preston, you know, hung on and, 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 a, and a great last minute last minute goal. Then you go to Middlesbrough and play ineptly there, um, which. To be fair, you look at the result and go, oh, we're a good side. But then you're looking for a response, aren't you? You're looking for a response from the players, and and it didn't come. Now, I suppose there's been some suggestion from some fans that um, the QPR game was a bit of a protest uh, by the players, um, that they may have lost the dressing room. I mean, I, I never personally buy into that. I just think as a player, you should play for whoever your manager is. But how, how far do you subscribe that there is a... There's a problem inside Preston at the moment that that's now coming out onto the pitch. Yeah, I think Chad Evans is into you after probably suggest that's probably right because he sort of suggested 
um, that Mads Frokia Jensen should be playing more forward and obviously played him out wide. And um, it's something that the fans agree with. So we're agreeing with the player. And it's something weird that a player, especially of his high standing, would uh, come out and, and say that because it feels to me like, yeah, like you say, that he may have lost the dressing room. I think Ben Whiteman in particular is probably our best player last season. Um, this season, we've won two out of nine games when he's played, but six out of 11 when he hasn't. And uh, he's been very poor. He, he actually got, I think he got hooked off at half time, actually. Um, and I think, obviously, he was in his last year of his contract. And you can tell, I don't think he wants to play here. Um, and I don't think he's helping with the sort of dressing room sort of atmosphere at the minute. So, yeah, I think um, I think he is losing the players. I think he's losing the fans as well. I think, you know, 70% of our fans voted against, well, voted for sacking him, should I say, uh, on a forum, which I know can be uh, especially inflated after a, a defeat. But um, it's definitely, I think he is losing them very slowly um and and you know some people are sort of questioning his tactics and just the, the actual style of play i think you know position wise i don't think anybody would moan at our position we, we, we don't expect to be anywhere higher but you know when he came in he said he want deep they bouncing the only way they were bouncing was out the doors on friday night and you know they said about an attacking brand of play we've yet to see it in fact you know i think two years ago he got appointed uh, he took over frankie mcavoy and actually, to be honest with you, I think the games are more dour than they were under him. And, you know, we are lucky to be where we are, as I mentioned with the, those stats. So I think when the results start going against us, the players start turning against him. I don't think there's much, you know, going for low at the minute. And I, I mean, he may surprise us again, because sometimes he's been in this opposition before where you think, you know, that he's actually it. And then he, he comes out and we, we turn it around and we, we play we play some good teams and we beat them. But this time it just feels a bit different. I just think, um, I, I just don't think... I think he has lost the players this time, whereas I think previously, yeah, I think he probably was just a bit of bad form or whatever. But yeah, it's it's not it's not good to watch at the minute, and you know I'm not looking forward to turning the games anymore. To be honest, it's a shame, then, isn't it? I mean, how much is his his rotation policy? Do you think affecting the team? Because, for example, I think is it Brown and and, and Holmes sat out on the bench at Middlesbrough, and yet actually they've been two year probably more sort mm. of solid performance, especially Brown and scored some you know good goals in that in that run that you had. But then they sit on the bench and then. You know they're rightfully going to be annoyed coming into that game at QPR, and, and I don't think Holmes had a, had a best game ever. Although he, I think he did he go to right back, even though he's you know he's yeah he's and, and out of position um, yeah, and that, that was another bizarre one actually. I completely forgot about it until you mentioned it because I think he he took off uh, Rocky Jensen for him. Oh, no, sorry, he, sorry, he brought on who did he bring on? Woodburn, I think it was. Sorry, I'm sorry, uh, but he um, he put him at right back, and his first involvement in the game was to lead the man who then squared across and then QPR scored. So it was a bit of a, what was he doing that for? Why we, why we took, oh, he took Ramsey off, sorry. Yeah, it was our only right back, obviously Potts. And I think Potts has been our best player this season. So he was a big miss. So we, we can't forget that. But at the same time, um, yeah, I think, as you say, the rotation stuff, I don't mind it too much if, if, it's, um, if it's warranted. But I, I think at the moment... He doesn't really know his best eleven. I think that's his problem. Why he's retaining it? He, because obviously, I think you know, start of season, Mads Frockyard was was banging on all cylinders, um, and you know, Alan Brown's been on really good form recently, um, and you say Dwayne Orms has been great all season, and I think he's been trying to fit in, you know, the sort of prime player like saying Ben Whiteman, where he actually, as I say, don't know if he's sort of warranted it. Um, and Alan Brown plays better in the centre attacking midfield position rather than a, a sort of defensive holding midfield position. But he can't fit all three of them together. But then also he's struggling with that holding midfield position because Ryan Ledson's been poor for a good few years. Whiteman's not 
performing and Brown I just don't feel can play there so at the moment I think that's the sort of missing part and we've got a lot in the creative side of things and he's just trying to rotate those players but we're really badly lacking in that holding midfield area. So how many games has he got now then to, to prove himself? Obviously Norwich away is, is a tough one I think Huddersfield, yeah. is, is Huddersfield as well are, are playing well um, these, are, these are two tricky games aren't they? Um, lose them both has he gone? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I think there's already been talk that certain managers like Nathan Jones have been linked. I'm not actually 100% sure what the truth in those rumours, but I do feel like um, the, the club will be sourcing potential replacements just on the uh, chance that that does happen. We do lose the next two games because they like to be prepared for that that eventuality. So, yeah, I do think that he's only got a couple of games, which I think I think from an outside point of view, you're probably thinking, why would Preston be sacking him? They're in a fairly decent position. Um, although if we lose the next two, it'll probably probably be more towards the end of the table. But um, I think I think in the, the bigger picture, our form is pretty awful. Two wins in twelve, and actually just to actually style of play is just so bad, and it's it's losing fans. We I mean, we, we've got for a, for a club like Preston, we're getting sixteen thousand season tickets. We had the first th- third highest away following uh, up until I think last week. Um, so we're taking you know two three thousand average uh, to to each ground. Um, and I reckon on Saturday against Norwich, I'm going, but I think I'm the only person I know who's going. And I feel like we're going to maybe take a couple of hundred at best. And I think it'll show a real sign of um, uh, that the fans are sort of losing a bit of patience with them. Is, is it 70%? Is it, I know you said that earlier. I mean, I've seen a lot of people on, on Twitter also saying, look, this is pathetic. You know, we've gone on a bad run. Every team has bad runs. You wouldn't turn on him five weeks ago. Why are you turning on him now? Or, you know, even in those wins, could you see that this wasn't, you know, wasn't vintage football that you'd been promised? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, I think he's he's actually been quite well backed in the transfer window for for a Preston manager anyway. Definitely this summer, um, and he's he's it's his side now. And I think it's different from the previous runs where you know you could sort of use that excuse of you know he, he still needs to get his team, his style of play and stuff. But his style of play is actually the one of the worst I've seen as a Preston fan supporting them in 20 odd years. Uh, so yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to question that because, you know, yes, um, you, you might not be the best side in paper, but you can still put on a decent performance. You can still try and attack. Look at Plymouth, for example. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not the best in terms of the quality, but they've got real intent to go forward. They've got, you know, still playing some great football, and even though they're near the bottom of the football, bottom of the league, I actually think we would have preferred that, which just sounds crazy. But I feel, I feel our fans would promise that sort of attacking Brandon's play, and I feel like his arrogance and he's sort of when it goes well, he, he'll take all the credit, and when it doesn't, he'll blame the players. And I think like all that sort of thing, it doesn't work in his favour. And yeah, I, I think there is a lot of fans I know personally, even uh, beyond the seventy percent. I think um, a lot of people I know who just say, who've normally backed him and, you know, um, when, you know, everyone else has sort of said no, I think the majority of of them as well are also saying it's sort of probably, we've we've tried the experiment, it's sort of not worked and we've got a squad here where actually, we feel actually might be able to challenge in the sort of top half, uh, challenge the playoffs because we, it's probably one of the better squads we've had in the last few years, but it's actually on on the actual pitch, it's looking pretty drab. Okay, let's get some score predictions then from you, uh, Joey, for Norwich away. Um, what do you reckon? So I think um, I'm going to go there and enjoy a nil two, but to them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to I'm basically going to see no goals for our side, which um, so I'm going to say two nil to them. Um, 
I, I know them. Uh, I spoke to a, one of their fans yesterday, actually, and they, they also have the same sort of issues as us with their fans wanting Wagner out and, you know, the board being, well, actually, we, he can still have a bit more time. So <laughs> it'd be interesting. There could be quite a lot of protests going on. <laughs> well, listen, you're a true fan traveling, you know, mid-December all the way to Carrow Road <laughs> when your team aren't playing well. Uh, come back this week and tell us all about it. Cheers, Joey. Thanks for now. Nice one, Thank you. Cheers, thank you. The most argumentative footballing podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Birmingham View. We've got Wayne Rooney's biggest fan back with us. Adam, good evening. How are you? Yeah, good, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, so, we are going to chat this week then about Rooney's remit to get them out of the Championship and how that might end up going the other way. Um, we're going to talk uh, about Jordan James and we're going to talk about team selections and whether. Rooney can harbour any blame whatsoever for what's going on, or is it all square at these players? Um, really keen to get your views, Adam. I know you are really passionate about this, and you, you've sat suffering for the last eight games as the rest of the fans hurl abuse at you. Um, all right, let's let's go through the record then where we're at. Played eight, won one, drawn two, lost five. Where should we start? Let's go to the Blackburn game, shall we, very quickly. First of all, um, that wasn't Rooney's fault, was it? No, nah, of course. How can you how can you put that on the Rooney? No fan should be putting that on Rooney. That was purely the keeper. Handed him three at three at least three out of four of the goals. Rooney's not Rooney's not playing in goals. He says he can't guarantee that's going to happen or stop that from happening. Yeah, and you you actually said I think twenty four hours before that game on on this podcast that. You know, you need a new keeper in January, and by goodness, you're proven right. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Lisa, they talk, talk some sense. Yeah, you do where you're going. All right, let's talk about the Rotherham game then, because I mean, that Blackburn result just put a huge amount of pressure on that that home game on Saturday. You know, the stadium fully open now. Rotherham, who are the worst side in the whole division away away from home, and oh my goodness, Rooney's comments afterwards were saying we were lucky to get a draw. Is, was he right? First of all, in, in, in Oh yeah, in that yeah, sense, by, yeah, by, by far, mate. We they had the best chances. We handed them again a couple of chances. How they didn't score the one is beyond me. We took Sanderson to block it on the line. Um, Bruni's just speaking the truth. He's he's come out and said that you know some of these players need to grow some balls, and um, which is true. Which is that is exactly true. He's not asking him to do much. That's difficult. He's just asking him to play football. How how much is it? Is his is his team selection? Because if you look at Jordan James, for for example, so from 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 what I saw and, and read, Jordan James did, did really really well against Blackburn, and yet he's he's absent in the starting lineup against um, against Rotherham. And then when he does bring him on, he's he's pretty decent. So surely there's got to be some criticism of that. Yes, because of his performance against Blackburn, but he ain't done a lot in a blue shirt. Let's face it, when he has played. In how many games now he's played for us? Yes, I know he plays well every time he wears a wild shirt, but that's a bit different. Um, <laughs> I probably would have given him the start because of his performance against Blackburn. But he started with Bakuna, which again was just miles off it. But the whole squad was miles off it. So you could have brought anybody on and somebody would have improved it if they wanted to give it half a go. He did give it half a go. So fair play to him. He definitely deserves a chance to play now. Uh, again, that's just one player. We're talking one player at the eleven. We can't keep going back to what they were like under Eustace, but you'd like to think a John Eustace side would have beaten Rotherham at home, surely? 
I think who it was early on in the season. I think it might have been QPR at home. I think everyone was, we should have won that. And it was one of the most boring games. It was just like the Rotherham game, to be honest. And that was Eustace's team. Listen, all Eustace did was sit 10 men behind the ball, regardless who we were playing, and just hope to hit on a lucky counter break. So that ain't going to get us out of the league. It's not going to get us winning games. That's not what the owners want. So, yeah, we've got to forget what Eustace would have done. There's no guarantees he would have beat Rotherham. Okay. Um, I'm scared to ask you the next question because um, it's about Ollie Burke and uh, anyone who follows you on Twitter <laughs> Twitter like I do knows knows your opinion so please remember that, you know we, we don't want any swearing here um, but um, continuing with Ollie Burke up front is this another reason why the fans are you know are, are turning on Rooney so quickly because you know for some reason he can't see which what most of the fans can see which is that that's just never going to work. No, it's, it's not. But again, what has he got at his disposal? He's, he can put Djurjevic up front. Again, that's not going to do anything anything either. We could put Hogan up front. Again, that's not going to do anything. So he's got to put one of them in there. He's put Djurjevic in. Missed, missed a golden opportunity against Blackburn. The only time he got anywhere near their box, a header, which again is the only thing he's good at. He missed, he missed a simple header. He's put Burke in again. I, I don't rate him at all. He just, he's got nothing. I don't know what he offers us, but he's again, he's got to play something. I, I can honestly see January's got to be a striker. And I think Rooney knows this. He's got to go and get a striker in. Whether we, we get rid of Hogan, which I would imagine is going to be the one first out the door because he just he's getting no minutes at all now under Rooney. Where he did with Eustace. So I'd imagine Hogan will be gone to make room for a new striker. Yeah, and and, and Tom Brady was seen with Gary Cook, I think, at the the, the City Spurs game, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he this? Yeah, weekend? the next day. Are you, does that give you a glimmer of excitement that potentially there might be some Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham and Man City connection coming? I think my nan up front. Anyone, just anyone other than them three that I've just named. Anyone, oh. anyone could offer some sort of goal threat. And just what's happened to Bakuna as well, just just finally on, on, on the players, because, um, again, amongst all of them, he seems to be coming in for a little bit of stick online. But, again, has he got other options there that should put Bakuna on the bench? Oh, yeah, I think we're now saying Jordan James, isn't he? Should probably be starting in their midfield now. Listen, Bakuna on his day is probably one of the best centre-mids in the league. But the problem is when he's having a bad day, he wouldn't get into a Sunday league team. So he's all... Flicks and tricks, but then hardly ever come off. So he loses possession nine times out of ten. And obviously, when we're struggling for results against teams like Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, fans are getting annoyed now with it. Yeah. it, it so I do think he probably deserves a drop as well. Okay. And, and quite honestly, when when Preston uh, played QPR last Friday night and QPR won, and then Sheffield Wednesday go and beat Blackburn, so two of those bottom three start picking up points. And then you see Rotherham, who are the other team, and how well they play against you. Is there any fear that, you know, end of December, you're going to find yourself dragged into a relegation dogfight? Or is there just too much quality for that? Yeah, there's not there's not quality there at all. Um, there's, we've got the odd player or two, but not enough to pull us further away. But again, football's a weird sport, isn't it? Sometimes you can go and get some mad results and all of a sudden we could be five or six places higher up the league. I don't see that being the case. I actually probably would think come January the 1st, we probably will be in the bottom five. Pressure will be mounting on Rooney. The man 
the owners, sorry, are going to really going to have to go out and try and pull some out to save him, save them as well. The embarrassment of what they've done. Um, but yeah, I think I think we will be in a relegation battle by the end of December. All right, who does he drop for Coventry then, and who does he start? Fucking all, all of them. Sorry, I was about to say. <laughs> um, for me, I think you've got to drop the keeper. I think you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make a point. You've come out in your press conference after um, Rotherham basically slandered the players to them to the media. So I think you've got to, you've got to make a point now. You start in eleven. I think you've um, we've lost the right back again through injury, which is a massive blow because he's one of our best players. Um, other than that, I think they could all be dropped. The problem is we've got no one to replace them. So they're all quite lucky at the minute. I'll get us to January and get some new players in quick. Yeah, it's true. When Ethan Led went off, it was when the was it the turning point on Saturday. Would you say you just got really sloppy? Yeah, we just. I think I tweeted after the game to basically say he's our best attacker. He's our right back. <laughs> that's, that's alarming. That is. Yeah, it's really alarming. So yeah, as soon as he went off Saturday, everything just dropped. The back ball up lost. We didn't allow. We knew how to string a couple of passes together. Um, and you could just see Rooney was frustrated, but so is everybody else. All right, let's talk about the FA Cup draw just before before we preview then the Coventry game. Um, Holloway, thoughts, or could you care less? <laughs> I care less at this rate. Just, just send the send the kids up to play. And don't bother with it. We ain't going to win it. So we need to concentrate on the league now. If we was far up the league, I'd say come on, let's have a go at it. But the way it's going at the minute, I think we need to concentrate on the league. Yeah, so it's a tough draw as well, isn't it, against Hull? Okay. All right, Coventry then. Um, mem- happy memories of playing Coventry as, as a as a blue? Obviously not too far away. They've had a few grounds which you've had to visit, I think, over the times you've <laughs> you've played them as well. Uh, you'll be there Friday night, shivering on live on Sky. Um, happy memories of Coventry? Um, I went last season. I think it was nil-nil. It was a horrendous game. Um, so, and I think that was a night game, actually. Um, listen, they're not doing that great. Considering they've got a half decent squad, they're spent some money on strikers. Um, they're not really firing it at the minute. So it's one of those games. I think you lose turn up, you, you, they might get a freak result there. But other than that, probably can't see nothing more than a 1 1 draw. Yeah, they can't score, you can't score. So um, it's not going to be, yeah. a, it's definitely going to be under 2.5, uh, <laughs> 2.5 better this one. All right, score prediction then, Adam? I'll go 1 1. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, I don't think anything more than that. I'm hoping for a shock, like I say every week. <laughs> and are you uh, are you still the only Blues fan in the country supporting Rooney, or have you, do you generally stand on the terraces and speak to others? Or are you now this? We've we've joked about you being a lone voice, but I, I tend to think every week we do this, you are becoming exactly what we've joked about. No, I think there is still fans backing it because you've got to back the owners. The owners are the ones paying the bills. They want this. They want this wire. Playing and what I believe is the right thing to do. You're only going to get out of this league or get higher up in this league by playing football. You can't keep hoofing the ball and expecting to be finishing in the top six or eight. So, yeah, Bruno's trying. Bruno's doing what I want him to do. He just hasn't got the players, like I keep saying. Let him get January. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, we ain't too further down the league by the time that comes. But, yeah, I'm still Rooney. All right. Listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, folks, and you are another Rooney Inn fan, and no Villa fans here, please, <laughs> we're actually genuine Birmingham fans, drop a comment underneath this video. I, I think Arsenal are 
<laughs> It'll make Adam's day to watch this back and see that he has got some support for this point of view because it's it's a, it's lonely being a, a lone voice, isn't it? But uh, yeah, all right, mate. Listen, thanks for coming on. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the yeah, uh, enjoy the commentary game. Yeah, see you next week, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Twenty-four of the nation's most dedicated fans. Terrace Talk. Follow on X and Facebook. Mark Robbins is the new tinker man of the championship. Leave it alone, man. 4-3-3 works. Why change it? Good evening, Claudio. Good evening. How, are, how are you? Well, I've been better. <laughs> I'm very Welcome back to the commentary view. We're going to talk about why Robbins continues to make changes. We're going to talk about Arari, and we'll talk about the Ipswich game, and we're going to look at to, to Birmingham. Um, all right, let's talk about the Ipswich game. First of all, was that the best goal you've seen live in any stadium? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he took it well, but the whole build-up, there was no pressing whatsoever. I don't know what we're doing. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but the Ipswich lads had the freedom of the park to knock the ball around. There was abs- and then when he did turn inside, if you saw Jamie Allen, he turned his back on him. It was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, the shot was incredible. But yeah. but the build-up, you know, there's no pressure on the ball whatsoever, which was disappointing. Yeah, the only fans that can't enjoy a good goal, the same as happened at Goodison with the uh, with the overhead kick for this last week, was the pass yeah. at the opposite end of the stand going, oh, crikey, how have they let that in? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One you want to watch back. Um, but, OK, I mean, first half he got it wrong. Um, is that fair to say? And then made some changes at half-time. Three changes, wasn't it, I think? And then Sakamoto comes on and, and actually you look at look a decent outfit. Well, it was just so lightweight. We had uh, Sheaf, Eccles, uh, Ayari, O'Hare and Allen. And there's no tacklers in there. And I, I think everybody, when they saw the team sheet, thought, what's he doing here? You know, we've, we've gone 4-3-3. Three, three. We're improving. You know, we're not conceded in three games. Surely meet fire with fire with Ipswich, especially the way they start games quite slowly, normally. Um, so I thought, get on the front foot. Instead, it goes for something... Completely different. Um, and O'Hare, I mean, I could understand maybe doing that on Friday, playing at home. Um, but away from home against a side like Ipswich, we just left ourselves open, basically, I thought. Completely open. Yeah, I mean, when, from my observation, when, when you did put Sakamoto on it, then Ipswich had to double up on him, didn't they, in, 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 in midfield, which means they, they lost an extra player and you actually got a, a much more of a better handle on it. So is that one on Robbins, that first one? Oh, yeah, and he didn't admit it either. He just said he had to make changes where I think the fans would have preferred it had he said, I got it wrong, and we, you know, we had to make changes. Um, I mean, the second half, Ipswich are two up, and I suppose they're quite comfortable with a two-goal lead. I know we put a bit of pressure on, but um, I, they probably had another gear anyway. Yeah. But I think had we started with that kind of formation in the first half, it may have been a lot closer. I think we just gave them the edge completely. And uh, they don't need much encouragement, do they, at the minute? <laughs> Absolutely not. They are they are some outfit, aren't they? Um, OK, just a word on Arari. Are you going to send him back to Brighton in January? Oh, send him back? To, where's he from? Is it Argentina? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send him back there. It's, it's, uh, it's just not a right fit for the way we're playing. I don't, the problem was we sold Hamer and we had two weeks to get somebody in and it was a, a bit of a rush job. We needed a creative midfielder. I don't think the lad's up to the championship. It's it's too physical, too hard. I think, um, yeah, it's not up to it. 
um, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if he went in January, it wouldn't be a loss. Yeah. It's probably been pointed out to you, I'm sure, on other channels about um, Guy Kiera at Sporting. 13 goals in, in, in 13 starts. Um, yeah. My goodness, 24 million looks a steal, doesn't it, now? Well, let's hope he goes for the reported uh, you know, 80-odd million, they reckon they're talking about, and we'll get a big percentage of that, 15% or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a hell of a... T- well, he had, he had two good seasons, didn't he? And... And I think is what we're missing, basically. Because um, it doesn't matter who we play up front, we're not really much of a threat at the minute. Mm. Um, giving up too many chances when we do get them, which is, a, which is a big issue. And I think unless that improves, we're just destined for probably 16th, 17th this season. Mm-hmm. Let's have a quick word then on Birmingham, who visit on Friday night. Uh, Wayne Rooney bringing the Blues to the home of the Sky Blues. Um, this is a nice opposition to play, isn't it? When uh, when you're not in goal-scoring form yourself, best playing a team which can't score either. Has this got nil-nil all over it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be perfect for Sky, isn't it? Sky cameras. It's going to be a miserable Midland derby, I reckon, with two teams struggling to find the back of the net, basically. Um I mean, oh, it depends. I mean, you, you don't want their season to turn when they come to your place, basically. And I think uh, we've got to keep our wits about us, basically, and get the job done. I mean, we've only lost one at home. We're fairly good at home. Um, Blue, since Rooney's come in, have been not great at all, have they, really? No. Um, but I can see it's going to be a tricky one. It's sold out as well, as from what I gather. It's, um, right. That's what I've been told. So, um, I mean, the atmosphere would be great. Local derby, they're our nearest neighbours, really. Yeah, true. Uh, but I just, we've got to get the job done. We need, because, I mean, after them, we've got uh, Southampton, I think, or Leeds, Southampton, um, Leicester. It's, there's some real tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking just... at Blues and Sheffield Wednesday as our two home games to get six points. Uh, and yeah. just with the QPR's result and Sheffield Wednesday's result at the weekend, are, are you are Blues fans starting to look over their shoulder a little bit, or that is is that a little bit too early for that? Um, I think I think ourselves and Birmingham will be fine. I think we'll both be fine in the end because I still think there's worse squads in our division uh, than us. Um, and I'd just like to think that Mark Robbins will get us sorted. I mean, we just—it's just been announced tonight that the uh, our CEO is leaving in January, which is interesting. Dave Body has been there seven years. Uh, the job was advertised for a number two um, a few months ago, and now he's leaving. So whether or not this is Doug King flexing his muscle now and uh, bringing his own people in, because I mean, he did say uh, three of the next five years he wants us in the playoffs or there thereabouts. And if things don't happen, he'll make changes, basically. So okay. I think they're all going to be a bit nervous at the minute. All right, so let's get some score predictions then. Um, Coventry against Birmingham? Nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I can't disagree with you this week. Can't disagree just with you. Tune in, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, just a quick word on the FA Cup draw as well. Um, oh. are you, were you happy with the uh, lower league up as well? Say lower oh. league, Oxford could be, this could be a championship fixture next year, couldn't it? Oh, put it this way: I'll have a free Saturday when it comes to the fourth <laughs> round. 
<laughs> I cannot see us beating Oxford. Because I'll tell you what we'll do. He'll pick a, a weakened team. He'll then moan because we get knocked out because it's lack of games. And, you know, this is a chance for some players to have a few matches. But I think, you know, Oxford's going to be dangerous. They're uh, they're playing well this season. Okay. And, uh, I mean, up until about a month or so ago, they're top, weren't they? They've had a little slump lately, but they're a decent outfit. And, um, yeah, I mean, we got done over by Wrexham last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting to get through. Right. We will see you then next week. Enjoy the game. We'll see you on TV Friday. Give us a wave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers, Claudia. Nice one. Thanks very much. Terrors Talk. Okay, welcome back to the Rovers view. We're going to talk about that game at Sheffield Wednesday, Classic Rovers. We're going to talk about JDT's game management, talk about Leonard, and we'll also talk about Televich as well. And we're going to do all that with our Blackburn fan, Harry. Welcome back, Harry. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, You called it last week when we asked you about this game. Um, You said it would be just like Blackburn to go and uh, and lose this. And, um, yeah, was it it a 3-1? game didn't seem like that from yeah the, from the highlights what was your view well, it, it wasn't quite a winter wonderland it was more of a nightmare before christmas <laughs> i'd call it um and it was a shame because we've been playing so well last few weeks especially away from home um all you have to, we can make excuses all we like um it's fairly well documented that we've got a bit of an injury crisis right now if you look at the players on the bench against Sheffield Wednesday, I think only two of them have made sort of regular senior appearances, the oldest of which being 22 years old. So we have got a bit of an injury crisis. But if we're honest, the reason we lost the game is because we didn't set up as well as they did. They kept it compact, um, limited our creative players from having any space in midfield. You only have to look at the game against Birmingham midweek. Uh, those goals we scored came from our creative players, whether that's Adam Wharton or Andy Moran, um, having the space to exploit teams. But Sheffield Wednesday really didn't give us any time at all. Uh, so whilst the performance, whilst the result was disappointing, we can't have too many complaints about it because Rovers didn't really deserve anything from the game. And that's credit to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, on the one hand, you could say JDT is doing an unbelievable job given the resources. And I suppose, I mean, honestly, when you heard the bench on, on Saturday, did you know all them players? <laughs> yeah, um, not, <laughs> not too many. Um, but is this, is this in-game management? coming into question just a little bit and the inability to make subs early we've had that queried on this channel before doesn't make subs quick enough inability to rotate the squad when it's when it's needed is there any criticism that you could level at the manager here or am i being unfair well i think we've got to be fair i think um a stat came out a couple weeks ago saying um how much debt every team has and blackburn are right at the top of that list by some way um so he hasn't got the resources to play with uh, although I would say I, I agree with the comments about him not making the right subs. In, in football, you've got to be proactive rather than reactive. And he makes those subs after the chain, after after something's already happened. We needed those subs maybe five minutes earlier. Uh, obviously, it's difficult at the minute because we haven't really got the resources on the bench. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to give him too much criticism because he's done an excellent job for us. But if there was one thing I would say that he could do with improving, it's that sort of making the subs at the right time. Okay. Let's talk about Harry Leonard then a bit. Obviously great for him against against Birmingham to to uh, to get one. What do, what do you make of his season so far and should he now be getting a regular starting place? 
Well, I think he's been almost forced into the team by we have no other forward options. And uh, I think he's a, a real bright star. Uh, the way he played against Birmingham City was a different role than he'd ever really played for us before. He was almost a target man, uh, holding it up and bringing other players into the game. Um, he's got a great record of scoring at youth level. He's really, I think he got 20 goals in the Premier League too, maybe not last season, but maybe the season before. Uh, and I thought he was unlucky against Sheffield Wednesday. I think he was doing the right things, but uh, they forced it to play long ball into him. And when he picked up the ball, he, there was no one really around him to lay off to. Uh, I think he's real, there's real potential there. Maybe if we had some players back, send him out on loan for six months, get him some regular first-team football. But he's definitely an option worth having. I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Would you have said at the start of the season that you'd take on all the three newly promoted teams and lose to all three of them? It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, no one really expected Ipswich to do as well as they have done. Um, but that's the that's the way it is. Um Plymouth have always been a force at home. That was a difficult game, making the three-hour drive from from mine to, to the game, then <laughs> losing three 0 I think it was. Um, but yeah, that's something we've really got to work on. Funny enough, we do quite well against the bigger teams, so maybe Leeds could be in for a little bit of a shock. But the teams at the at the bottom, we really struggle with. We have for a while, uh, and I don't really know what the answer is for that. I'm afraid, but. I think maybe maybe a little bit of overconfidence. We go into those games sort of expecting to walk all over them and yeah. they set up ready to defend against us and we can't break that down. OK, let's um, let's preview the Leeds game in a second then. Before we do that, uh, just a word on the UFA Cup draw. Uh, happy, with, uh, happy with that? Oh, ball fest. Absolute ball <laughs> fest. Cam- Cambridge at home. Um, I mean, it's an opportunity to play the kids, I guess. Uh, again, could see us losing it. Of course, it's all over. You, can all, you always expect the worst. Um, but yeah, opportunity to play the kids. Uh, would be good to get a nice little cup run. I think we got to the quarterfinals last year. Would be nice to get a bit further into the competition, get a nice draw. That'd be nice. Okay. What are your views on Leeds then this weekend? I mean, this is going to be one for the football purists. You play good football. They play amazing football. Uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be one where the ball's not going to be in the air very much. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a difficult one for us. They're in red hot form. We've just come off a bad result and we've got two tough games against Leeds and then Southampton. Um, Like I said earlier, though, Rovers do tend to do all right against these big teams. But the problem is we had a similar problem when we played Ipswich. We play a similar side of football, but they've just got better players at playing it than we have. Um, So I'm not overly confident, to be honest. 12.30 kickoff, they're going to bring a lot of fans uh, yeah, wouldn't be too hopeful for a Rovers win, I'm afraid. Let's get some score predictions then. Let's bring in Ben, our, our Leeds fan. Just wait there one second, Harry. Thanks. OK, it's Lancashire against Yorkshire then. Uh, Blackburn, see the visit of Leeds. Let's get some score predictions. Um, first of all, Ben, have you uh, happy memories of visiting Ewood Park in your time as a Leeds fan? It's been a while since. It feels like forever since we've been there, to be honest. But uh, it always feels like a home game because they've got no fans, have they? So, yeah, that. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Harry, response um, to that? He's, he's, he's not far wrong, to be honest. They, the home <laughs> atmosphere is never amazing. But uh, I do seem to remember, when, I think it was a 2-1 win a couple of years ago. Maybe the year Leeds went up at Ewood Park. That's my last memory of beating Leeds home or away. Um, so hopefully something a bit like that. 
Okay, let's get some core predictions then. Um, Harry, you at home, you go first. Blackburn leads. Yeah. Can't say I'm too confident. They're in red-hot form. They've they sort of hit form at the right time, picking up results from everyone. Uh, we've just come off a bad result. Uh, got a, t- a tough, tough run between now and Christmas, and we haven't really got the depth for those sort of high-fixture conjecture in a lot of games in a short period. Uh, my heart would like to say that we get something from it. Uh, I did say earlier that Rovers do all right against these big sides. If I'm using my head, I'm going to say 2-1 to Leeds, unfortunately. Right. We like a realist. Um, ben? <laughs> But going on the last few games, I want them to score first, nice and early. <laughs> Set off another firecracker. Yeah, I'd probably say 2 1, 3 1. I don't think they've got enough to get buyers, but anything can happen, can't it? Yeah, and uh, you're chasing them top two down, aren't you, as well? All right, nice one, fellas. Enjoy the game. Behave yourselves on those terraces. I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right, nice one. See you next week, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Welcome back to the Leeds View. Oh my goodness, just how good is Archie Gray? We're going to chat all things Archie Gray in a second with our resident fan, Ben. We'll talk about the Middlesbrough result and preview uh, the away game at Blackburn. First of all, Ben, have you recovered from Saturday's game yet? Just. <laughs> oh, it was madness, wasn't it? Uh, two games on the bounce, really, now. We've like the ferocious starts. and It's just... You know, they can continue scoring early goals. Pope the bear will wake up. I tell you what, Leeds are a first half team, though, aren't they? And we've said this time and time, <laughs> time again. They're like two yeah. different sides. Um, what, yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they just go out there to try and blow them away, and then I think maybe when it comes to like the second half and the subs come on, they're just not quite up to it. Hence why they may be on the bench. Um, but, yeah, first half football. Long may it continue. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Archie Gray then. Um, was he 17? Hopefully I've got mm-hmm. that right. Um, my goodness, this kid's going to go far, isn't he? Yeah, he's unbelievable, ain't he? He's what, playing out of position as well. He's a centre mid by trade. And he's just... Even going forward on the wings, like his defensive positioning, what can't the kid do? And as you say, he's 17. He's going to have a big game. A big, big future in the game. Um, just, just a word on the defence, though, because whilst we herald Leeds and, and the, all the attacking play, Middlesbrough did score two and potentially did, you know, could have could have equalised. Um, Furpo in defence, just, just give us your give us your views on on <laughs> on that. I know, I know, some Leeds fans, you know, look at that team sheet and and wince when they see that he's there. What's your view on it? Well, he's been there, you know, a few times, hasn't he? Uh, he's stepped in and he's just never been good enough and he just needs to um, hopefully he can go back to Spain and get a deal and go back to Betis or something um, and this tippy tappy stuff at the at the back is it, is it starting to worry you a little bit because you, you're playing across the back four you're doing this you know play out from the back which most teams are starting to do are you good enough yet um, to be to be keep doing that is it is it going to cost you? Because there's, there's a few times in that game that, you know, we could have nicked that ball. It's always hard in math stuff. But then sometimes the way we do it and the way we get out, that's what starts the attacks. And obviously once we bypass that forward line, you know that's when we're most dangerous. We hurt teams at pace. And I don't think there's another team in the league who is as good as us at doing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
It is nerve wracking. All right. Um, trip to Blackburn then this weekend. Um, how do you view them as a team? Well, they don't draw, do they? <laughs> so it's either going to be a loss or a win. Um, but I, I can't see any other result than us, to be honest. This one, yeah, you know, I just don't think they've got enough, quite enough, to be able to get buyers. Yeah, they picked up a few good results and things like that. But yeah, I just think we're, we've got too much in the locker for them. Okay. Tell you what, Leeds isn't. It's not boring watching Leeds this season, is it? You're getting you're getting your value for money with your season ticket this year. Oh, 100 percent. It, it's 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 crazy. Uh, like I say, especially first half and things like that. And yeah, just just let the other team score first and wake us up. Let us have a slow start, and then within three minutes we'll be in front. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I'd rather just have a clean sheet and a comfortable two three 0 win. All right, just a final word then on your FA Cup draw uh, away to Peterborough. Happy with that? To be honest, I'm not a massive fan of beer, of cup games. Uh, yeah, it's great for, I think, the lower league teams to go on a good run. But I think for a team like ourselves in the position we're in, I'd rather focus on the league than a cup run. Yeah, um, got two teams there that are going to be more more focused on going up from their respective divisions, aren't you, than, uh, than winning the yeah. cup. So. No, exactly. So it'll have a nil-nil, extra time, drain everyone out, written all over it. <laughs> OK. All right, Ben, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game. Behave yourself at Ewood, and we'll catch you next week. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Okay, welcome to the Watford View. We're here with Ben to discuss all things Watford. We're going to discuss whether that was Watford's best win of the season. Uh, Up at Hull, we're going to talk about that goal from the halfway line, and we're going to talk about the contract of uh, Ishmael as well. Uh, Good evening, Ben. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, so um, you're at Hull. Talk us through that goal then. Um, is that something that um, you're surprised by? Apparently they work on it in training, so the manager wasn't surprised, but um, what was your view of it? I mean, I wasn't... Like, I was, obviously, it was never going to be... It's never normal to see that go in, but if anyone's going to do it, it's Hoot. And although he's the centre-half, like if you watch him spraying balls from the left centre-back over to the right wing five times a game, He's got that in his locker. So, yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they said they worked on it for the Leicester game more than the whole game, but <laughs> paid off. Yeah, I mean, Hull don't lose many at home. Was, was that your best win of the season? Do you think so far? Gotta be, gotta be. Like on all the Watford talk at the moment with us is we've had talented players, we've had this manager turnover, and it finally feels like after since you know 2019 we're in the FA Cup final. Since then, we've had none of the intangibles. We haven't had a team with anything about them. And we finally got a team. They're playing together. And, yeah, full credit to Val. Yeah, we've got to credit the... I mean, Hull did have the penalty, didn't they? And uh, which, was, uh, which was which was missed. So, of course, it, it could have gone either way. But you are putting together a nice little run here, uh, unbeaten in a large number now. Um, how much of that is, do you think, well, is down... Loss at Leicester. Oh yeah, of course. Yes, that we, can, I don't, we, that. we don't. We don't count that, do we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone's going to lose at lose at Leicester. Um, how much of it do you think this good run is put down to the manager and in, in, in signing this new contract? Because of course, as players at Watford, you know you're only kind of three games away from a new manager usually. But this season, there seems to be this consistency in their play, and is is that down to them knowing that you know Ishmael's going to be there for the long term? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, like you, you hear these talks every week of 
someone someone's been dropped. Well, not really anymore, but before the last international break, someone's been dropped because they were late to training or whatever. And there's finally a bit of discipline. Like the players have got some accountability back. Last few seasons, I mean, from an outside perspective, it's probably even more obvious. But you see that the players don't care that if they get if it goes wrong, it's on the manager. So finally, feels like that's being reversed. And just talk to us how important KMB is for you, because um, again, there was lots of people giving him man of the match awards on on Saturday. Would you go along with that? Just how important of a player is he for you? Yeah, I mean, it's like since he's come in, it's been a lot better. Him and Livermore, really. The midfield's now a lot more solid, a bit more championship about it, a bit more physicality. They've, like you've got players like Imran Loser, who you can everyone can see he's got quality, but. He can't cut it in the division, whereas Kayembe's just given us a bit more of a balance in midfield, yeah. Okay. And what are the uh, aspirations now then for Watford? Do you think you can now harbour those playoff ambitions or were you still just happy for this to be a transitional season? I'm more than happy for a transitional season. <laughs> I just, like, after the last few years, we're, as Watford fans, I think we just want to enjoy it. Like, we've, we had last season where we could have easily got playoffs, pushed autos with the squad we had. And it just wasn't fun at all. Like it was draining and we're finally enjoying watching a team that care about the fans, seem to care about it all. And it's, yeah, it's refreshing. Okay. A um, little word then on the UFA Cup game before we check all things Southampton. Uh, Chesterfield at home, happy with that? Or would you prefer to have had a nice away trip to Premier League team? I mean, it's it's boring, but it's one we should win. And it feels like the time for a cup run. Even a few games when you're you're not really like they've said that they want to push playoffs, but I think that's just ambition. I think well, we could. It's it's not out of the realms of possibility, but when we're playing with confidence and enjoying it, it feels like the time for a cup run. Yeah, I'd have thought the last time you were in FA Cup final that would have put you off the FA Cup for life. Uh, <laughs> give, give, give I, I don't I don't remember much of that day. No, no, you went home after the second goal. <laughs> okay. No, I, I went right. to the pub. <laughs> All right, how'd you rate Southampton then? Um, unbeaten in eleven games now. Um, this is going to be a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I go to uni in Southampton, so I hear a lot about it. I've got a lot of mates support them, and at work they're all badgering me about it. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I mean, at home we've been having sixty-five percent possession, something like that. And they have Ross and Martin. So, see how, yeah, you, see how you're, not, you're not going to have 65% of the possession no. <laughs> this weekend. You might have 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, All right. we'll, see, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be interesting. Right, we'll bring in Joe, who's our Southampton fan. Just stay there one second. Benedict's with predictions. Okay, to the informed teams then meet uh, this weekend. Um, ben, give us your predictions first. Watford against Southampton? I mean, the optimist in me can see a few goals going in. I'll, I'll go with two. That's what I said the other day. I'll stick with two. Okay. Uh, tippy tappy Southampton. Um, <laughs> so it's my new. Literally wasn't so blooming tippy tappy sometimes, <laughs> but it it it, it, it looks like he gets results. It's effective, isn't it? Um, yeah. Joe, what uh, what are you going with? I'm still going to go for four goals shared, but I'm going to go for a three-one Saints win. All right. All right. Nice one, fellas. Both of you enjoy the game. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll catch up with you next week. Cheers. Welcome. Cheers. The most argumentative footballing podcast. 
Okay, welcome back to the Southampton View. This week we're talking all things tippy-tappy and whether Southampton just need to cut it out of their game. We're also going to talk about uh, Taylor Howard Bells, Adam Armstrong and Ryan Manning as well. Joe, good evening, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, yeah. Um, listen, um, before we get into this, Southampton fans, are you just happy staying in the Championship for life now? Because there might be an argument that you never want to go back to the Premier League. You must be enjoying this football for the first time in what, what 10, 12 years? Yeah, since since Komen. So, what was that, 2014? Yeah, like, this is a breath of fresh air. Like, I was, at the beginning of the season, I, I said, oh yeah, I definitely want to get back promoted. But as the season's gone on, I'm, I'm quite content staying down another couple of years, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I actually quite enjoy going to the games. It's quite fun. You just want Portsmouth to come up, batter them twice, and then go up, don't you? That's Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for next season, and then, yeah, batter them home and away, and then, I'll, then we'll, we'll head up. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Southampton's uh, latest uh, latest win. Then looked a little bit easier this one. Is that right? Yeah, I thought we were superb. I mean, two goals in first eighteen minutes, and then we defended really well. Got another clean sheet, so that back to back clean sheets at home for the first time in what seems like forever. But yeah, very impressed with that performance. Um, Adam Armstrong scores again. Um, some brilliant goals as well. He's scored. He's making his own DVD um, of, of the best goals of the championship. Um, do you think you'll hang on to him? I would like to think so. At the beginning of the season, he said that he wants to see it out, especially if we lose Shea in January and we've also lost um, Ross Stewart to injury till the end of January as well. So I could see him sticking around. Okay, I mean he's, he's he's some quality, isn't he? I mean I don't know where he's been hiding it, um, but um, Crikey's um, absolutely, me. <laughs> absolutely belting it. Okay, uh, a word on on Howard Bellis as well. Um, a player that's been impressing and is getting better and better. Absolutely superb. Like him and I never thought I'd say this, but Jan Bednarek has been calm and assured for the whole season, and it's because he's finally got a good centre back partner next to him. And Harwood Bellis, he knows the championship. He has played in the possession starter system last season and in the youth academy at City. So, yeah, he's a assured sign-in. Okay. Uh, and just a word on Ryan Manning, who's who's received a little bit of a um, sort of unfair criticisms and, and, and abuse from from fans. But did he have his best performance in his Saints shirt on on Saturday? Yes, but I fear that was only because it was against Cardiff and he was an ex Swansea. <laughs> I fear that as soon as as soon as it as soon as it's not Cardiff, then it's just gonna be it's just gonna go back to being limp performance torn performances from him. <laughs> okay. But I mean no one deserves the abuse he's kinda of been getting us. No, you, you, no. You, you, you'd agree with. Okay. Um all right then. Finally on just on Southampton, whilst you you're rightly getting lots of plaudits, um let me just be the, the devil's advocate here. Um, backward passing, sideways passing. Um, we, we know it's a trade, trade to the managers. We've, we've, we've seen that before. Um, apart from the Cardiff game, are you entertained by this Southampton side or do, do you wish they would just be a little bit more direct at times? Yes and no. I, I, would, like, I would like them more direct because this especially around the back, this tippy-tapping around the back is just 
mind-numbing and it's quite risky as well. Like it's 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 very to and fro in. It just needs to be yeah. There's is there's no there's no harm in hooping the ball forward at forty yards and sticking a tall man on the end. Okay, let's preview then uh, the game this week, and then um, you're going away to Watford. Um, what do you make of them this year? I thought they actually looked quite good. I, I watched the Norwich game, and I thought, well, I, the first 20 minutes they were all over the place, but the way that they came back in, I mean, that's what we've got to watch out for on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, we can play superbly, but we can still get caught. We've shown it a few times this season that although we play well, we can still succumb to... A couple of silly mistakes. So I would like to think that we've got enough to beat them, but we've just got to stay switched on. All right. All right, great. Let's bring in then our Watford fan and we'll get some score predictions. Thank you, Joe, for now. No problem. Okay, welcome back to the QPR view. And it's this simple, isn't it? Willock and Chair play together. QPR win. Either one of them is out. You don't win. We've cracked it. How are Simple. you, Joanne? I'm good, really good. Okay, yeah. I bet you are. Let's I've forgotten. First of all, congratulations. We've, we've joked with you all season, and now you beat Stoke. You've got your, your your win at home. We can you can forget about March the 11th or whatever it was. How did how did that win feel? It felt better than I expected. I think. I think. <laughs> I, I think I had forgotten how good it was to wake up in the morning after after a win, but also that feeling when that when that fourth goal went in really. Um, the relief in the stadium you could just yeah. you could just feel it you could see it in the players faces every supporter there and genuinely i don't remember celebrating a goal like that for quite a long time actually yeah and you know what i like about your manager i was listening to his interview afterwards he's like you know given that it just won and his, his comments were like yeah it was good but we can do better he's, he's he's always got that kind of you know um he's never always you know he's he's always kind of you know yeah Really honest, isn't he? He doesn't yeah. over over egg the performances because he no, knows that all, there's lots lots more I, to do. I think he like he likes to keep it quite simple. I think in in the interviews, it's kind of yeah, it was fine, but actually, this could be better. Or um, yeah, there's still there's still work work to be done. Yeah, and, and then going into that Friday night, then against Preston, um, you obviously full of confidence. Um, Preston through. Something at you in, in in the first half. You you kind of say rode your look at times, but you 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 handled the game really really well, and then you, you sort of grew in confidence as, as as kind of the half ended. Um, what was your view of that game? Yeah, the, the first half was arguably one of the most boring halves of football I've ever seen. If, if I was a neutral, there was no way that I was tuning yeah. in the second half. Um, but I thought I thought the game plan clearly was not to give anything away. And obviously having chair on the bench to bring on um, made all all the difference. So I, I do think that's kind of the approach we'll probably take in the away games, definitely where we look to kind of kind of control things, not give anything away, and then use players like Willick and Chair yeah. in the second half games. Are, are they too similar to play together with 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 Dykes? Because is it is it tend to, do they tend to occupy the same kind of space until you kind of put took Willicks on on the right, which which then gives a better balance. Yeah, I think um, the best football that Willock and Chair have played for QPR has been when they've played played together in tandem under Warburton probably and, and the start of Beale's reign. Um, they do have a really good understanding. They're close off the pitch as well. And I actually thought for all the criticism that Dykes has had, I think the two goals in the week gave him confidence. 
confidence, but arguably his best half was that second half against Preston where he did what we need him to do, hold the ball up, bring chair into play, bring Willock into play and create create space for the, for those better players, really. So I think I think the second half setup will be the blueprint that he uses probably on, on Saturday against, against Hull. Yeah. Uh, just a word on, on Clark Salter as well. How, how good is he? If he could keep himself fit, I don't think he'll be playing for QPR, yeah. basically. Um, I think he'll be playing at, at a higher level. He reads the game exceptionally well. He's a nat- natural leader, but the guy can't, can't keep himself fit for more than three or four games at a time. And um, we kind of... He he made Jimmy Dunn a better player at the weekend, I thought. Um, yeah, if if he can keep himself fit, I think that might be the key to us to us staying up, actually. Yeah, just 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 on that survival chances now. I mean, you've never looked dead and buried. You've you know you've like you've said many times you haven't lost games by by too many too many mm. goals. You've always been in them. Um, what chances do you give yourselves now, given what you've seen in the last two games? Um, I think there's a, a cautious optimism. I think we'd be stupid to get to get carried away. Although I've seen quite a lot of QPR fans put bets on us to finish in the top six, which. You, you, you might say it's getting it's getting carried away. Um, I would say the next the next three games for me are the key: Hull, Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth. Um, I think after that we then have Southampton, Ipswich, which are, are tough games. And then I think when you look at the fixtures, January we've actually got every game is at home, so we've got four home league games in a month, which is unheard of really. And the FA Cup game now. Yeah. So I think the next three games will set us up to then kind of take the pressure off a little bit at Christmas, ready for those four four home games I'd say. Uh, just a word on your FA Cup draw. Disappointed with that? You wanted a Premier League team, but didn't really want Bournemouth, did you? Yeah, well, if you've seen our FA Cup record, we can get into that closer <laughs> to the day, but I think we've got the worst record in the third round of any club in English football. Um, I would have thought the league position that we'll be in, I don't think many people will... Yeah. care and I wouldn't have thought they'll be that bothered either with their with their league positions there I can't see the TV companies picking that one up for, <laughs> okay. for coverage no but listen well done I was really pleased um, as much as you know I, I don't wish any bad result on Stoke or anything like that I was very pleased really pleased for you and, and you know great pictures on, on Twitter of you afterwards um, okay um, Hull are probably the last team you want to run into then um, or one of the last teams you want to run into this weekend um they are very solid. Uh, don't give much away. Um, what, how do you view the the challenge of this weekend? Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see how we kind of cope coming into a game. Maybe not as favourites, but with people actually fancying us to get to get a result. Um, I've been impressed with Hull. I really like the manager. I liked him as a pundit on on TV. Thought he always spoke spoke really well, and I'm quite quite pleased that he's gone into management and is doing doing well. Hopefully. Um, not on on Saturday, but um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a really, really, really tough one. And I think again, with the two games after it, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, you're almost looking at it and thinking if we can get six points from those three games, it would be a great return. And you're more likely to get those six points at um, home against against Plymouth than away away at Wednesday. Okay, finally, does he start chair on the bench or does he put him? Straight away to starting lineup. I think I think he's coming straight straight back in. I think he had a point to prove from being being dropped. It's, it's the first time that I can remember him ever being being on the bench. Really, um, he's always start. He always starts. He's rarely injured as well. So yeah, kind of yeah. made him ang- made him angry a bit, didn't it? But it worked. I think it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's get some predictions then. Stay there. Let's bring in our, our Tigers fan, Will. Thank you.
Thank you, Jared. Okay, QPR against Hull. Let's get some predictions. Uh, Jared, what are you going with? I'm going to go uh, exciting 2-2 draw, oh. I think. Good. What a difference a win makes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will? Uh, to be fair, I'm actually going the same 2-2, oh. uh, to be quite honest. Uh, you've been solid, to be fair, Will, and was going away after the game we just played. I kind of think you probably, probably couldn't get a draw, to be honest. All right. Nice one, fellas. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game, both of you. Thank you. Thanks much for it. 24 of the nation's most dedicated fans. Terrace Talk. Follow on X and Facebook. OK, welcome back to the whole view. We're going to talk all things about penalties, goalkeepers... We're going, to talk, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Swansea game. We're going to talk about the Watford game, and we're going to also talk about Greaves uh, and Alfie Jones as well. Um, we're going to do all that with our resident Tigers fan, Will. How are you, Will? Yeah, um, not too bad. Okay. I, uh, the, the game we just had wasn't great against Watford. Yeah, let, let's talk about um, that game first of all. Then let's talk about the, the the tale of two goalkeepers. Really, wasn't it? It was um, first of all the save penalty. Uh, at, at one end, yeah. and then um, all right, let, let's talk about um, that goal. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about that goal. Who do you blame? Uh, well, the worst thing is it was it was coming towards the goal that I sit behind as well. So I just watched him going, no, 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 oh, okay, it's gone in. So it's it's one of them where he's like, it was great he did it. I, you can't follow kid. He's like, okay, you're off the line. I'm going to chance it. When you're young, you do it as well. So when you're professional doing it, you absolutely lap up the chance to do it yourself. Mm. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal feat, but annoying when you're on the receiving end of it. Um, is it time to drop also because you know that there's 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 been a number to it, Swansea, Rotherham's goal potentially, obviously that one against Watford. Um, yeah. is, is it time to drop him? Well, uh, to be fair, we were talking about it in the stand and we're saying I will wait until the FA Cup for Ingram to come in and show his potential after this game. Possibly could be bringing him in for QPR. We don't know yet. We'll see what it's, see what he comes like at the moment. To be fair, but okay. he's doing okay saves. He's doing all right. I think I still do slightly blame the defence a little bit on some of the goals. Um, up to sixty-five minutes in that game. Is it fair to say that Hull had done actually quite well? Um, and actually, it was some of the some of the best football you've played at home this season. Is that was that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. To say? Hundred percent, yeah. We when we came back, we got the goal back for when when Twine took the shot. I was like, "Oh no, he's going to miss it again!" And he scored. I'm like, two and two, that'll do." He's doing all right for himself. He's got he's done what he did in the um, in his interview and said he will do well and come back. So I'm happy with that. He's got his second goal. He just needs to get the rest of his game going now, because when he got the goal against uh, Rotherham, it was a bit of a yeah, okay, it was a lucky goal he got. But then it's like everything else he did wasn't great. It was passes were something too short. His free kick went way, way wide, and just he wasn't running enough for what you know, I know he can do. And it was kind of it's, it did annoy a lot of the fans around me as well. Yeah, is this why Philogene doesn't play at the highest level? Because you know he's, he's definitely skillful, but his finishing doesn't often need working on, doesn't it? To be, to be really to be in right. contention with top flight football. No, definitely. It's like he's absolutely a wonder kid for down here. It's like what he's in the under twenty one team, scoring goals for the under twenty one for England. Same with Delap as well. So having them two in our team is realistically, if we've got better delivery from the midfielders to them, then maybe we could be challenging top two at least. Yeah, I, th- I dare say, it, but your your right hand side with the with with the Christian and Morton and. Uh... 
Uh, Lakilo, it, <sighs> crikey, it, at times when they all link up, it's it's, oh, it's magic. Really, it's really great to watch, isn't it? No, oh, it's absolutely beautiful, magical. Down down the right wing is absolutely phenomenal. It's great. It's nice to see the team actually gelling well. I think if I can't remember, I can't remember which we played, but I think it was when we had El Mahamaji back in the day. Um, he was he just did like a give and go all the time from the right back and the left backs, and they just fly down the wings. And now we're sort of playing that game again. I think we're just relying a bit too much on Philogene too much to, uh, again, and everyone's just crowding him. There's no like give and go. He likes to take it in the box. He likes to go for the goals, which is great. Just don't take it that extra five players and then <laughs> kind of scuff the goal. Okay. Just like pass it out if you really need to. Learn that you can use your team and help you, which, which is, comes with obviously yeah. growing with the game. And nice to see uh, Jake Livermore back uh, trying to help you out as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. It, to be fair, when we saw him and even like Tom Ince as well, both them two ex players, kind of thinking. Oh, they're going to score against us. Always a thing when, like, an old player that they've been like a fan favorite, not so much Tom Ince, but definitely Jake Livermore, yeah. fan favorite when he was here. And it's like, oh, he's going to score against us. Uh, just a quick word on Alfie Jones then. How much of a revelation is, uh, has he been this season? Oh, he's been great. I think he's he's definitely stepping up because obviously Jacob Greaves was, um, I think, not, uh, uh, oh, who was it? Norwich were after him uh, for a while and they dropped their interest. And now he's, I think he's picking his game up to get and get level with him. So it's quite good. He's come on leaps and bounds from a couple of seasons ago. Okay, let's preview then uh, the game uh, then this weekend. What do you make of uh, of the trip to QPR? Honestly, I think it will be it'll be a close one. It's either going to be like I think more likely we will draw it, but it'll be a it'll be a nervy nervy game like it has been. Like even who like one one against um, Watford. It'll be nervy, even if it's 2-2 for us at the, this end for um, a QPR. The travel to London isn't a nice one all the time for us. Mm-hmm. So let's hope we can get something out of it anyway. Okay. Well, I think you're, you're playing really, really well. I think Hull are, you know, very quietly going about their business this season. They're going to they're oh, yeah, su- surprise, surprise a lot, aren't they? All right, thanks for joining us, uh, Will. <laughs> Terrace Talk. Thanks for listening this week. If we didn't feature your club this week, all our reviews are up on YouTube. Next week, we'll be looking forward to the massive game Ipswich against Norwich. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll see you next week. 24 of the nation's most dedicated fans. Terrace Talk. Follow on X and Facebook.